We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, Heat Twitter president and host of the Hangover Time postgame show right here on Miami Heat Beat, Alf. We really need an opening video for this. Just, it's so awkward. Just bobbing, dog. We're just vibing. I know, but it's because the worst thing is coming into our headphones in a different, <laughs> the timing's off. We all look like we're off beat. It's super fucking awkward. That's why I just look to the look look away. I just look off. Screen That's the next just, step of this production, dude. We're we're going high. Uh, we've been doing this for what, like six, seven, eight years. We're we're, we're at we're year eight. This is season eight, of Miami Heapy. Oh, this is season anyway. eight. On the left of the screen, and if you're a pod audience, this is a nice surprise. Friend of the program, Miami native, uh, culture uh, correspondent on ESPN, George Sedano. Do you start every show going welcome, welcome, welcome? Yes, and uh, all that stuff. Eight like years the strong. Broadcaster stuff. Does yeah. that happen every time? Eight years strong. Uh, my camera and his still... camera does that several times a show. What the hell was that? It just go. I have a special driver for my Canon, and it just decides to do that once a show. I don't. I don't have an answer. It's... I mean, I guess it's also you, right? Yeah. Like that's like it's like the perfect. Like Alf seems like it's very his situation is very stable. Yours seems completely unstable which is kind of the exact dynamic I should expect on this. I mean, that's been Correct. the formula for years, George. You you know this better than anybody. You've been coming on, you've been coming on for years. This, this is What were you yelling one time that people have posted on Twitter? Um, I'm interviewing you now, which is funny. Yeah. Um, that So Parakeet Cortez, that fraud, <laughs> he, um, he posted something one time to me. Uh, and it was you screaming, save to my face or something like no, that. Yeah, I, it's, it's, that tweet, it's tweet that one more goddamn time. I dare you. I swear to God. And it's it it's funny yeah. because I'm actually ref- talking to Brian Goins, uh, my producer, because he yeah. tweets, he doom tweets during games. And uh, I'm, I was just sick and tired of it. And I was just doing a rant and I yelled at him. And Brian keeps sharing it on Twitter, which I find embarrassing. I don't really like when we share those. They're just like, you know, they're just in the moment, George. And then Brian shares them and then, you know, and then Cortez is aggregating them, put them on Instagram. I mean, it's yeah. funny. I, I didn't know what it was, but it made, he, you know, and Cortez is doing this thing now where he's like tweeting me while I'm literally working at a game. <laughs> so I can't, 
actually hear it until hours later. You know what I'm saying? So like he tweeted some video the other day of him, like acting like it's me talking, but it's his voice. And he's like, I don't love Cuban bread. And I love the Clippers and Lakers. And I'm not really a heat fan. I'm a vegan, blah, blah, blah. You don't like, like Cuban bread? Yeah, that's no, I, I, like, I don't like I don't not eat Cuban bread. I just generally don't eat bread very often anymore. Uh, not particularly white bread. Um, but well, you so, really are LA. Wow. No, it's just also no. Here's so you want look carb free little, diet, George Sedan. Uh, no, I'll give you a little life lesson. It, find yourself a podcast called Lifespan. It's eight eight part podcast. It's by a doctor named uh, and nobody came for this, but I'm just going to. This give is what you we're here for. Anyway. <laughs> Um, Dr. David Sinclair, he's like this Harvard uh, professor, MIT scientist, and he's like in, in like incredible at understanding like how to um, he does all these experiments first on animals, then on humans about how to extend your lifespan. Um, so I am I am a huge advocate of the podcast, and I've I am much healthier since listening to said podcast. So, it's kind of like hangover time. Same. <laughs> right. It's the complete no, just like, opposite of hangover time. Same actually. concept. Chaps- uh, but I'll tell you this. In that podcast, he does say that if you want to drink, drink a lot. of. You can drink red wine because it's got some thing called resveratrol or some nonsense. And he says Pinot Noir specifically. So maybe the next time I join you on hangover time or whatever uh, your uh, little shindig is called, I'll just be drinking uh, red wine, D-Wave- which I think I did once when I joined what you. What does he say about Crown Royal? Probably not Crown Royal is my guess. Although oh. I get it really, it was all about the sugar content. Like the higher the sugar content, the worse. Um, yeah. So that sounds like a quack to me. Yeah, no, listen, listen, I'm gin and tonic all day. Um, so I have a hundred year old grandmother who drank Crown Royal to the day she died. Chat's yeah, already well. calling on arrepentido for the Cuban yeah, bread. She could have lived longer. Um, arrepentido. Yeah. Uh, I will Fez say this butter. though. Chat. Uh, what's that? Fez butter and chat called you an arrepentido. Oh, that's funny. Um, I, yeah, I just, bro, I want to live a long time, man. Like, I, you know, you want to live a long time, a good life. time, not a long time. Yeah. Well, I, I think you can do both though. Like, I think that's <laughs> possible. Like I, life is about balance to me. It's why I think the heat are good because they have a good balance. What a great segue. Oh, what a transition. As Nikias in chat says, where's the basketball talk? That's what we're here for. Sedano coming off his, uh, Hey, his... listen, Nikias. Who I love. I, I, I know. I've, I've heard how much you love him, George. For I've... the second time today, I'm saying I love him. Yeah. He knows this. I text with him today, and uh, he thanked me for the shout-out on the Low Post podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I said to him, you know, like he said he was doing his best. I said, no, you're doing great, but your best is still to come. Like, there's still a long way for that kid. And he's incredible. Like, there are, you know, obviously I listen to you two clowns all the time. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I listen because I, I want to laugh. I, I watch his stuff and listen to his stuff because I will learn. Like, it, he's incredible. Um, so, Nikias, uh, thank you for watching and putting up with the nonsense. And we will talk basketball now or some version or Hold variation. On. Before we get into it. basketball, now that you brought up uh, your, your appearance on the Low Post, I, I brought a clip. Right, we're we're doing Jimmy Fallon. I brought a clip of your oh, appearance today. You. So let's let's take a listen to what George said today on on the Low Post. See, um, Nikias Duncan, who's a who's a Heat. Oh, uh, I love that kid. I, that kid. First of all, shout out to that kid. I and actually, I want to give props to Ethan Skolnick, who used to who covers the Heat for a long time. Uh, he covered it as a traditional journalist for a long time. He's got his own thing going. Five Reasons Sports. He's the guy that 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 saw Nikias' stuff on the internet and gave him an actual platform that then led him to where he's at now, which is basketball news, I believe. Yeah. Alpha, are we not a platform? 
I I I, I, I what's chopped liver over here? I, I, well, I feel we, like a platform also needs like a more all encompassing thing. Why was he with you first? Yes, yes. Oh yes. no, I didn't know that. Yes, he was. Yeah, no. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I I was Alpha. I was like, that's so nice of George coming on not a platform today to talk hoops with us. I just <laughs> but that goes to show you how much I actually like you two rascals that I would actually come on your mind. You had Ethan texting me apologizing for your mistake. No way. Yeah. Promise. That's my guy, dude. I love you. Way. And that's nice of Ethan after I bothered him on vacation. I like called him and prompted on a Sunday and he's like, I'm on vacation with my daughter. Is this important? Like, no. Nah. You not watch the man I, I the man's IG he story? Posts I mean, right. Yeah, I mean I that's yeah, you got IG, I mean, well, I'm I'm a bad IG person, but like I just like I don't post enough. But generally speaking, yes, that is the window to the soul these days. Yeah, like, no, you can see what people are doing. That's legit. So let's you know, you were on to talk heat uh with low, yeah, and that's what we're here to talk about. Because George, I said preseason. And maybe this was kind of reactionary, but they played with an edge in preseason that I hadn't seen them play with since the big three. There was an, an urgency. There was PJ Tucker diving into the, the the damn you know courtside seats, like getting loose balls in preseason. And they had they had a bit of edge. They had a bit of nasty, and they just it felt a little different. And in preseason, I was like, I think this team's going to be a lot better than any of us anticipated. And lo and behold, you know, right now in March of 2022, the year of our basketball lord. They are two games, uh, just was two or three games uh, up on on the second seed uh, with a bullet. They have one. They have a top ten offense and defense. Their half court offense is a lot better than advertised. They're like 12th or 13th uh, via cleaning the glass in their half court sets, and they haven't oh. been healthy all year, George. And no. I understand that there are concerns of, you know, they don't have a legit kind of go-to bucket getter. And I think that the the bigger switches, like the teams like the Celtics and the Raptors, and, and when teams can switch size, you saw Maxi Kleba kind of switching out to Jimmy, kind of showing some of their warts. I think that those are legit concerns. But every team has warts right now in, in the Eastern Conference. And I don't, I George, I don't know why they're not the favorite other than the Bucks won it last year in the East. Um. I would say they're not the favorite because the Bucks won it last year. And because I want to say, I don't have the exact number, but the Bucks are something ridiculous when their big three play, like, I don't know, like 25 and like eight or something like that. Yeah. Um, and Giannis is getting better still. Like, I, I think that that's part of it. Um, I still think that the Heat have this in regards to, def you know, defending Giannis and the Bucks is they have Bam. And I was watching around the horn today and they were doing the Heat and Bulls, and I, I was going to call Frank Isola and say, you clearly have not watched Bam Adebayo play very much. Because he was saying that that Giannis uh, owns Bam or something. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I was like, no, no. Actually, Bam defends him better than anyone in the league one-on-one. -on -one. And yes, the last series was a disaster, okay? I get it. And you can chalk that up to a million different things, but the end result was they got their asses kicked and they got swept. So no excuses. That's not what this franchise is about. And, and we know that, but historically speaking, when you just look at the last several years, Bam has done an incredible job. So I like their chances there. And I do think that Milwaukee, I don't, you know, before the, the, the deadline, I felt like they had enough depth where I would say, man, that's a toss-up seven-game series. As ridiculous as this is going to sound, because it always boils down to the stars, but I feel like Milwaukee lost some depth that I would be 
like the DiVincenzo loss. Yeah, like the DiVincenzo loss to me is big. I, especially against Miami, for whatever reason, I always felt like he seemed like to have a pretty good game. Yeah. And and I think that their depth is not as good as it was pre-trade deadline. So I think that hurts them a little. But obviously, Giannis, that's stuff in the margins. Like to me, it's about can you keep Giannis from just destroying you? And it's kind of like prime Shaq in a lot of ways. Can you just limit his effectiveness to the point where it's not just him destroying you and everyone else also going off, right? Like you just have to, you have to find a way to limit something. And I think the Heat are certainly capable of doing that. They've got, as Zach and I talked about on the podcast today, I think they have the best playoff type defense anyone in, in the sport could have because they've got so many guys they can mix and match, whether it's, you know, Jimmy and Bam and PJ, let's just use them. Like, look at what they did yesterday or yeah, yesterday against the, the Bulls where they had Bam and PJ switching on uh, on the DeMar DeRozan, Vucevic pick and rolls. You know, PJ sealing Vucevic with no problem. Uh, it felt like for a good portion of the game. And then Bam kind of eliminating DeRozan or at least making it way tougher on him where he scored 18 points on 16 shots. Not to mention you have Jimmy Butler playing on the weak side, kind of roaming, playing free safety. And to me, if that's the tr- that little triangle of death is the is the worst thing for opponent when Jimmy particularly is in that position where he can freelance. And that's where we when we saw their success in the bubble, there was a lot of that. Okay, where Jay Crowder and Bam could switch, and Jimmy can kind of swoop in for a steal or play the lanes or just kind of stay back and then, you know, attack from the weak side, like as someone was attacking the rim and swipe the ball away, whatever it was, block a shot. I think there are a lot of things they can do when they've got that kind of triangle style of defense with those three positions, particularly. Um, And then uh, we know Kyle can defend his ass off. And here's the thing, like Oladipo is going to come back here next week, as Woj mentioned. I happen to think it's going to be Houston because that's the softest spot in the schedule. It's the seventh, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Monday. So why not? And I've heard only great things about Oladipo's recovery and rehab. And I mentioned this on Zach's podcast today, is that I've also heard that Markeith Morris could be back sooner rather than later, which is obviously needed. Now, it may take him a while to get back into a little bit of game shape, but that's needed just in case – God forbid PJ gets into foul trouble. And even here, the last couple of weeks of the season, the last five or six weeks, you just need another body to spell him because he's 37 years old. So I just like the way they can mix and match on defense with, especially if Oladipo is what I hear he's going to be. And they can even substitute any of their shooting out, right? Like, I mean, in theory, you don't want that. You don't want Tyler and Duncan both off the floor, or you want at least one of them on the floor. But if they had to go this crazy all-defensive unit, you can do that uh, and take out the one shooter um, in Hero or Duncan, even though Hero's not really just a shooter. and He's actually a better mid-range guy than, than, than he is. And they like the handling. Spoh's always um, kind of right, great. Right, right, right. Yeah. He's their best finisher. I mean, I think that's, that's not even up for debate anymore. Finisher at, at what? Like at the rim? Closer. Closer. Oh, okay, like okay, Finisher okay. of games, yes. So, because just he's got the shot profile to hit any shot. Um, it's just a lot to ask of a third-year player, um, you know, at this, you know, he's 20-whatever, one, two years old, whatever he is. But um, but they can totally bring out this, like, all-defensive unit of Victor for either Hero or Robinson with those other four guys, and they can just swallow. They've already people. done that with Caleb. 
Sometimes, like those when Tyler was out, yeah. they would go. Yeah, those no, guys I get it. And Caleb, and Caleb's been good, but I mean, Victor is no, yeah. Victor's healthy. He's a Caleb just gives you a Caleb. size that yeah. you know. I think in the Warriors game in particular, you kind of saw how like you know you, he can offset some of the other stuff by just being really long and, and kind of playing them kind of defending guards, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Alf, what were you gonna say? Oh no, I just I think George is right that. Uh, I think the the thing that's cool is that Spo has a ton of options this mm-hmm. this season. So you you talk about you're down eight with three four minutes left. You got Tyler in there. You're up eight with three or four minutes left. You throw in Depot for Clamp City. Like there, you know they have so many offense defense switches that they can do. Where like last year, like your options at point of attack defense were like Kendrick Nunn or. Goran Dragic or, I mean, Trevor Ariza, like Avery, the corpse of Avery Bradley was somewhere on the bench. Like there was Mo Harkless. Like there was just, there was just, they were so limited last year. And this year you look at them and this is just a question for George, because I think a lot of people have been talking about the, what's the playoff rotation. If you're talking nine, 10 men, there's, there's guys that are going to get squeezed out where like last year you were looking for an eighth a seventh, eighth guy. Um, you couldn't even find them. And this year you're talking about guys like Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Caleb Martin, that might get squeezed out if Keith and Depot are healthy. So Okay, if Keith know. and Depot are healthy, yes. I think Struess for sure yeah, gets Yeah, Struess is the first guy out. Yeah. yeah. And then I think Martin's probably the next guy because – I disagree there. Okay, well, just hear me out for a second. Uh, I think Martin could be the next guy, although I don't see him completely out of the rotation, perhaps. I think that he would he probably gets minutes shaved. Um, because I think Gabe is now the traditional, like he's the backup point guard, basically, at this point. So um, if, if you're going to go, I mean, if you're bringing back Oladipo and Markeith Morris, then I think that it's going to be between Markeith and, and, uh, and Caleb Martin, and it's just going to be about Spo and what he feels on that given night. I feel like Markeith might be used like how he used Olenek in the bubble run. Like some matchups, yeah, some match. Like if they play the Nets, I don't really see a lot of Markeith because because they're you know they they their best stuff is a little smaller. And, sure. And like yeah. the the Celtics and and the Raptors, but like maybe against the Bucks, I can total and the Sixers. Oh um, yeah, yeah. There are going to be matchups that you need him for sure. I don't think there's any question. So, what do you guys think of like the whole Brook Lopez situation? Oh, um, I I've heard. Again, I, I'm not reporting any of this. I'm just saying I've heard that there is a remote possibility that he is he's back for the playoffs. George, when they traded for Ibaka, to me that signaled they weren't sure. I, I just said remote. No, yeah, that's so what I'm I saying. Holding that, yeah. out hope. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's an it's an insurance policy basically. Because that's a guy that bothers the Heat a lot. That bothers Bam a lot. Yeah. And I just. Without without Brook Lopez, without PJ Tucker, I I feel better about that matchup against the yes. Bucks than I did last year, especially with because if you look over the last two years, five wins for the Bucks, four wins for the Heat, right? So we can talk about the sweep last year. Um, yes, it was a debacle, it was an embarrassment, and like you said, no excuses, but there are reasons, right? And then the year before, the Heat embarrassed the Bucks, and I just when I look at that matchup, what Brook did to Bam last year was the biggest and also Jimmy just not having any legs at all. But what Brooke did to Bam last year is, is the is the is the one that really sticks out to me. And without Brooke in that matchup, without PJ Tucker, you're relying a lot on Bobby Portis who has big moments, but he also can disappear for huge stretches. He's not the defender in my mind that, you know, PJ Tucker is. I just and then like you said the DiVincenzo thing to me is huge. Uh they don't have Bryn Forbes anymore, which 
We all know he outscored <laughs> oh Jimmy. Oh my like. god. Bryn Forbes had Danny Green vibes from like the Spurs. Oh my, no, Gary Neal, George. You have to go. Oh, like, Gary Neal. Yeah, that's a good one. Because Danny's Neal like a. So many. Yeah. I mean, Danny Green had a historic uh, performance, but yeah, Gary Neal had like that annoying performance. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm without. I mean, also just, just the stuff on the switches, you know, kind of when they close out with the smaller guy Lopez shooting over him really comfortably and easily. So that that's. I mean, do you know there's only one team in the NBA that switches more than Miami right it's now? Boston, right? Yep, it is. Yeah. It is Boston. Yep. Which Boston you know, I I liked what Scalabrini said on on Lowe's pod talking about the the Heat Boston game and how Caleb provided kind of the one time that the defense looked shaky where. He was able to take uh, Time Lord off the dribble, like pretty consistently over, and that's kind of my thing on kind of Caleb and the rotation. And George, he he's a bit of a connector for them, and he makes plays above the rim on both ends. They don't have that springy, bursty athleticism. He's like the guy, right? And and, and he's shooting well enough. I don't know if you. I know that his his percentages are good. I don't know if you want him shooting a, a shit ton of open threes, but. He's hitting the open shots he's getting. You know, he's a release valve on the offense. He's really, really good in transition for them. And as a defender, they just, they need those wings, especially, I think the East is filled with these teams where you're going to need wings to switch to, I mean, you have Durant and then everything that Boston and, and, and Toronto's doing. You're shaking your head. The, no, no, I'm saying you're right. Like, oh, okay, you're okay. right. Like, I'm just thinking like the East is going to be a freaking bloodbath, oh, man. Like, I, there's like... Like, it doesn't matter who you're facing. Like, oh, the one seed is not necessarily – I mean, granted, you get the home court, right? But, like, that's not, like, These matchups suck. Easy. <laughs> right. The, you're going to get Toronto or Brooklyn, maybe Atlanta. I guess, you know, Cleveland could fall out, right? And that I don't want to play Cleveland. <laughs> huh? I don't want to play Cleveland. I know they've beaten them during the regular season. But no, I know. But, gonna like, they're going to be a pain in the ass, like, six no, games. No, they are. But yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a five-game series. Like stop! Ooh. They're not. They're not losing more than one game to Cleveland, sure. especially with Jordan with the Barber. guts. I I, like I'd it. rather play Brooklyn. I, I was like, Cleveland scared. Are you out of your Cleveland, goddamn bro, mind? Cleveland scared the fuck out of me. I I watched those Cavs game and I was like, oh man, that Jared stop Allen guy. It. He scared Come me, George. He scared me. What are you scared of in a playoff series? I, they like, just one really... thing is in the regular season when you see them on a back to back or you're on like a five games well, and seven nights, guards, whatever the man. hell it is. No, I mean, I, I'm part, part part of that. Kevin like, Love has never missed a shot against the Heat. Oh, God, I mean, at least in the last five years. Listen, that's you're gonna that be scared a anything. five game series. That's not, Cleveland is not beating anybody. So much- Chicago, by the way, um, has to be very careful of who they play in the first round because they, if, if Brooklyn, who is, I think, they're four and a half out of the four seed. There's not that far that out. That schedule is brutal, com- George. Right, but I, I get it. But if KD comes back on Thursday, like people think, for the Heat game, mm-hmm. um, that changes the dynamic in a big way. So, but who Chicago? Who should Chicago be looking for in the playoffs? Because I don't see a really good matchup. I mean, they need for them. to hope it's Cleveland, like four or five or something like that. That's probably. What they need to hope for. Um, I honestly, I if you're anybody, you just want Cleveland. Like that's what you want. You don't want. I, I don't want Toronto don't in the first Toronto. round. Like someone's Nick gonna Nurse. die in that series. <laughs> yeah, Nick Nurse? No, I don't want to deal with that. Although the basketball dork in me would love to see Nick Nurse against Spo, but it, I, I don't want to see that. I mean, the, you want Atlanta to sneak in um, or, yeah. or Cleveland. I don't want Boston either, for that matter. So Jalen Brown I, I actually saw, just suffered a leg injury. I know, I saw yeah. that. That's Hopefully yeah, he's exactly. okay. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't. I mean, George. He walked Atlanta's, off on his own power. So yeah, Atlanta's like not a fun team to play either. I mean, like again, that that's yeah, a series but, that you. But they're win. not getting out of the plan. No, yeah. They're not getting out of the plan. Well, like, and to even me, if they do, like it, I, they're they're not they're not that good this year. I guess I guess George, my point got, is that I got killed on no Twitter Orlando when magic. I said Boston. When I said Boston is legit, I got killed. Oh, they're Why? Like, they, they're, they're, they people are like, oh, well, you know, because everyone remembers the first month and half of the season. Right. Like, have you been watching since the beginning of January? Right. They have the they best have point, the best point differential, differential in the, in the, in the entire East right Eastern Conference, right? Like, it's, yeah, like when that they didn't were like, by accident, you know. When they were in the, like the eighth or the ninth seed, they had the best point differential in the East, and they've just been climbing. I mean, they're eight and two in their last ten. Like, yeah. they are they are for real now. This Jalen Brown injury if that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. But I mean, everybody, if you miss somebody significant, except for the Heat, I guess. Um, you're, it's you're, crazy. The Heat have had really... 74 minutes with their best lineup out there. That's wild. Zach said the number to me today, and I was like, I didn't realize it was that low. And they're minus a ton because those they, most of those minutes came against in the two Utah games where those leads were blown. <laughs> so it's like you can't even do anything with, with the lineup data because you're like, okay, well, those games were just weird. Right. George, are you concerned about the Heat's uh, – Everyone keeps talking about their crunch time offense. Yes. Late game offense. Are you concerned about that? Or you just think that that'll work well, itself out in the playoffs? It's funny because that was one of the things that we talked about. Zach and I were talking about. He was he was his biggest concern, right? Is their half court offense um, at the, you know, towards, you know, especially towards the end of games. Um, and I echoed that with the sense of they've blown a lot of leads. And now look, that's fairly more rampant now in the NBA than it's ever been because- A 20 point lead is nothing anymore. Right, because the three ball changes everything, right? Like I think that, you know, you you stop somebody for three or four possessions in a row, all of a sudden it's a 10 point, less than a 10 point game, right? Potentially. Um, So I I think that 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 has changed the dynamic some and the Heat have had a lot of those issues. Um, And I, I think that, the majority of those issues, by the way, have not happened when Tyler um, has been able to help finish those games off for them. So I, it's why I think he's ridiculously important at this stage. Um, so, and it's funny because I get my buddies in my group chat, like label me this Tyler hero hater because I'm like, <laughs> they're obnoxious like you guys. They're like, I'm like, they're literally like, we won't trade Tyler hero for anybody. And I'm like, will you stop? That's you not us. Me? Alpha and I were training him last season for anybody. We're the opposite. Right. <laughs> Right. But I'm just saying they're obnoxious. Trying to get Spencer Dinwiddie up in here. Yeah, yeah. They're just obnoxious like you two, but not not specifically to that. And it's just like, he's really good. Like, I'm like, you guys make him out to be like, you know, a top 75 player of all time. You know, like, he's not that. Like, let's slow down. Um, and so, but he he's really important to what they do. I don't think there's any question. But what he does, George, I think he's a run stopper. Like, he's yes. the guy when everything seems to be falling apart and the right. offense can't do anything. One guy is J- Jimmy. Like in the between the eight minute and four minute mark of the fourth quarter, it feels like Jimmy can get whatever he wants. Yeah. And those last four minutes, I don't know what the hell happens to him. Well, he's he got to get to the free throw line. That to me yeah. is where he's most effective getting to the free throw line. But I feel like Tyler is like, and Goron used to do this a lot. Like, there, you can't, the offense is going nowhere, and somebody just has to hit a little mid range, yeah. drive into the lane, hit a little floater. I think Tyler does a lot of those. We, you know, they used to call it relief points with Bosch because yeah. Bosch used to do that a lot. Yeah. Like, okay, nothing else working. Give me the ball at the elbow and I'll, I'll hit a jumper. Right. And I think Tyler does a lot of that for them. I yeah. think that's what helps them in those crunch time minutes. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, it, it's, he's really important. By the way, Duncan is still really important. I know that everybody was off the bandwagon Uh-oh. on him. Not us. Um, They're coming for you, George. Huh? 
They're coming for you. I don't care. I mean, again, same group chat. I've been telling my my dummy friends the same thing all season. They are like, oh, you're not worried about Duncan yet? Zero points in like three games. And I'm like, no, not worried about it. You know why? Because nobody's hit more three-pointers the last three years uh, other, uh, other than Duncan. I mean, no one's hit more three-pointers um, than Duncan other than Steph Curry. So it's like, stop. Like, stop. He's fine. And by the way, I would basically go back since just maybe right around Christmas time. He's like at forty some, like forty percent basically since then. So, ever Chet? since his streak was snapped, when he, he was like sixty something games with a three, he's forty percent from three since then. Yeah, but and the by thing- the way, I I also want to shout out Mike Ryan for being one of those guys. They literally chat literally just think. said uh, George is one hundred percent talking about Mike Ryan. <laughs> no, I, that, I no, I was literally talking about my friends in my group chat, but also I I just remembered I also have Mike Ryan and Mike in Ryan. another group chat. And then he's one of those guys too. But he's also, you know, as I love Mike, he's also the guy who once uh, thought Tyler Johnson was better than Goran Dragic <laughs> and fought with a mean about that on air once. So there's that. I've never well, I mean, Low pointed out, and listen, I am, I don't know when you I you listened to this a Low Post dunk. episode. Yeah, I actually listen to Low Post all the time. Shocking. Um, I try, I try to act like I don't listen I think to anything Zach's else. Good. Zach is great. Good. Zach's my favorite. Zach, Zach is funny. Zach is funny. Zach is like, uh, you know, he's very um, uh, self-deprecating. I think Zach is, Zach is a great host. And it's, it's a good show. And like he said today, and one of the things I've been saying, and I think anybody with a half a brain will tell you that gravity is real. Mm-hmm. And whether Duncan is two for five, two for 10, or eight for 11, the other team respects him like he's about to shoot. He's about to hit 12 threes every game. Well, like, and that's and, literally what Spo tells him. And that's what Spo predicates the offense on. But people don't grasp that concept. Like, it's really hard for them to understand. Like, no, he's 0 for 8. And it's like, <laughs> so what? Everybody's running to him the second he shoots the ball. You know what I mean? Like, And he's so doing a lot better good. job this season of finding Bam after that DHO yeah. instead of just swinging about around the perimeter. Also because Bam's being more aggressive, rolling yes. to the basket. Yes. He's finding Bam with those little short bounce passes right into the lane. And Bam... It's taking it in there and scoring. I think we're underrating his ability to pass. We're underrating his ability to defend. Um, I think, and Lowe was talking, you were talking about it, that there are going to be some times where he might be in that closing unit if if they need to score. If they need, you know, if the offense is is really, you know, in the, the mud, game. he's going to be out there. The Charlotte game. He's had a couple games where he's closed and he's looked good. Um, yeah, there's no I, question about it. He's unbelievably important no matter what the – Dip bleeps Twitter say, yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. George, what do you think about this about their late gate offense? Because I have I have some concerns about it as well, but I, I started to think about well, why exactly do they struggle? in the half court late. And it's because teams kind of put their more switchy units out there. They kind of put size and then they, they kind of switch Miami's actions and then Bam's not really a post-up guy and they're just not going to slip you. Well, they don't have shooting on the floor usually in those situations. That's the other thing. And they play with two non-shoot. So they have, they have a litany of issues, but I I think the most probable thing is what they can switch size with size. So you're, you're blowing up DHOs, which is really their, their kind of bread and butter in, in a lot of their offense. And then when Jimmy can't pick on a small, then at that point, it's like, well, where do we go, right? And I think what bodes well for them is Milwaukee's always going to play a guy that you, it's always going to be a Connaughton out for Milwaukee. They can't manipulate their lineups in such a way that like the Raptors or the Celtics or the Mavs where you saw like, okay, Jimmy's picking on Luca. We're going to get some size in and we're going to send help and we're going to vacate the, the, the guy in the ducker spot or whatever. And the teams at the top of the East – Chicago, they're too small. Lonzo's guarding fours. There's just, you know, Jimmy's always going to be able to to kind of find the small guy. The the Nets, there's going to be a ton of small guys on the floor, right? And we said the Bucks and all, all these teams, even the Sixers, you know, not that, you know, you want to post up James Harden because that's kind of letting him off the no, hook. That's actually where he defends really yeah, well. That's you don't want to let him off the But But there's, there's going to be other soft spots of that Philly defense that you can go at. So it's not, I'm not as concerned because I think their problems are not going to be like present in their biggest competition, like their biggest competitors in the East. It's it's fascinating. When I look at like the landscape of the East, like I'm not a big, I've not been a big believer in Chicago the whole season. And I, I've said this repeatedly. And I, 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 I know people take this personally. Like if there's some random Bulls fan, like they get really mad, but it's like, if I told you the beginning of a season that your best three players are Nikola Vucevic, uh, you know, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, you're not telling me that's a championship roster. You know what I'm saying? Like you're telling me it's a good roster. I, I would buy that. Um, I I'm surprised they're like a one or two seed at the moment, but um, I, I would tell you that's a legit playoff team, you know, probably fighting for home court advantage in the first round. Um, they're good. You know what I mean? I think Billy's a good coach. So, like, I, I would buy into that. And I do like Lonzo, and I do – you know, I like Lonzo probably more than most people. But um, And I'm a big believer in Caruso because I got to see it up close, um, what he did, not just to the Heat, but what he did uh, throughout his entire tenure, basically, with the Lakers. Like, he was really important to their defense. Um, but I just don't think, like, you know, you got to have a combination of stars and depth. And I don't think they have enough stars, Right where I think Miami has enough stars and enough depth to beat pretty much anyone if they wanted to. So I look at Miami and I say to myself, 
yeah, they're very Spursian, right? Um, they're like a mix of, you know, the Hessian and Spursian. They had a baby, and it's like this team, basically. Because, you know, and again, it's not a perfect example, but when you look at those Spurs teams back in the day, like obviously Duncan is incredible, right? He's one of the greatest players ever. Um, you know, and Manu was great, and, and, and obviously Tony was great, but they had so many smart, high IQ guys on that roster, even beyond those guys. So you've got kind of, not an apples to apples, but you've got a kind of version of that where they're going, their system with really good players on top of that, like all-star caliber players are going to just work you to death, right? And and that's, that's why I think the Heat are, are dangerous. And they also have kind of a Spursian feel to them because, you know, it's why Zach and I did this podcast and why he asked me to come on and invited me. And I was very thankful of it because he's like, they're under the radar. Like, nobody's talking about them. It's kind of stupid. Now, it's true. Like, most people don't talk about them. I know Stephen A. Smith on first take. I actually saw him today because he actually mentioned He's like, I want you to tell people that I've been saying we're going to South Beach for the conference finals. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I will absolutely relay that message. Um, <laughs> so I will do season. that for you. Um, and, you know, I, I know Kendrick Perkins has always has been a big Heat proponent. Um, and, and guys are coming around. I saw Wilbon and, and Kornheiser today talking. We about don't want the heat him. And, we don't want Wilbon. Yeah. Well, I mean, he. I mean, he was very. He he. Well, he picked the Heat to to win the East. He could keep season. it. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm I not gonna forget. let you disrespect I, I like one of like the greatest journalists in sports. He's history, great, so. Alf. Did you forget about 2010? 2010? I didn't. I mean, I don't care I'm gatekeeper. anymore. I'm gatekeeper. <laughs> I mean, geez, I'm, I'm, I'm not still mad about it, Derrick Rose. So anyway, but like people are starting to come around now because look, they see the mix of what I just talked about, and let's not forget the greatest weapon they may have, arguably beyond their, you know, I mean, the players are obviously great weapons, but it's Spoke, right? Like, like you get it, Lebron said it when he came to Miami this year, right? When he was asked the question by whoever it was about like Spo and having to play them in the finals and you know when he plays them or whatever and he said like look say what you want like Spo I know Spo Spo knows me Spo's one of the greats like you give him any time to prepare and he's as great as anyone and that's ever coached in this game right like so and that's the truth like you give Eric any time to prepare and it's going to be and he's got the the players like he, you're going to be in like deep crap like in, in a series against them so um, I think they're in good shape. I look at the rest, like Milwaukee, we've already talked about. Like they're yeah. a champion, and Giannis is getting better, and they've he's got two perfect compliments to him they're the in final Middleton boss. and Holiday. Yeah, for sure they're the final boss. Agreed. Um, they're like, you know, super Bowser or whatever you want to call them. You know what I mean? Like, um, so and then you know, look, I Philly, you can make the case that they may have the two best players on the floor in any given series, but I feel like they traded away a lot of depth. Okay. Like I, I, the Seth Curry thing, I know people think I'm crazy when I say this, but that thing to me, I, I didn't love, I get you had to include somebody, right. And you didn't want to include Thibault and, and you didn't want to include Maxi. And I get it because those two guys are good at what they do. And I'm a huge Maxi guy because I met him during the draft process. And I, not only did I fall in love with him as like a, a player, but I fell in love with him as a kid. Like he's just such a nice young guy kid like really good dude unbelievable family like the stories he was telling me about like riding around a van like playing aau just like incredible stuff he's like a yes sir no ma'am yes ma'am kind of kid like just great kid um but 
the depth, not as great as it was. And Thibel can be played off the floor, although he did a really good job against the Knicks, I thought, recently. And if that's the way they're going to use him, it makes more sense. Everybody does a good job against the Knicks. Cutting, <laughs> right? Like, I think that there's some things there. But I, I, their depth, not as good as I would like it to be. Um, Brooklyn is the huge wild card in all of this, right? Um, look, if they're healthy and they get all three of those guys, I think Ben actually fits better um, than James does with mm. those two monsters on the wing. I, I agree, George. I agree with that. And I, I, I heard G just with the, like, I'm so out the on best, ben. the best place for Ben to, to score, be. Donnie. That's what I'm saying. All he has to do is defend, distribute. And in the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter, no, he does not have to shoot the ball once. Right. Like he, he might get a put back. Here's the thing with them. Like in Philly, he could, he, I, they would occasionally put him in the dunker spot, but it didn't work because it was too clogged. The right. Help, the help's easy. I know, jo- right. Joel occasionally flares out, but that's not where he's going to do his damage. Right. Like, so you want him to shoot. But in Brooklyn, he can absolutely play the dunker spot. And, 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 you know, and to your point about distributing, he's a really good passer, man. Like in we the forget. two. In one the, series made us forget who this guy is. Right. And in the two previous seasons, nobody, and I repeat, nobody created more open looks for threes than Ben Simmons did. So now you're talking about this is this guy who's a, and he's a top three defender in the league. Like, yo, I was at a game where he, it was them against the Mavericks. And it's funny. I've been to a lot of like strange Philly Mavericks games uh, for work. <laughs> Because I was at the one recently where they had the 43-minute delay because the basket got Oh, my God. Up. I remember that. Yeah. It was ridiculous. But I remember him playing against the Mavericks. And, yo, I have never seen anyone give Luka more trouble than he did. And he knew it. Like, he was looking right at him. And he was just like, you know. That's what he said to him. You know. And Luka was just like, whatever. Like, just kind of walked away or whatever. And, like, he he is a legit top three defender in this sport. Um and, and again, he's got those two monsters. Now, getting to the monsters, the biggest predictor of future injury is past injury. And that, to me, is what would be scary um, when it comes to Brooklyn. It's why it's, it's just so fragile. The whole thing is so fragile. It has the highest ceiling of anyone, but also the, you know, the worst floor. I mean, look at them. They're in a free, they've been in a free fall for, what is it, the last six weeks? Just, you know, well, that's without Durant, yeah. It's- Right. Well, that's but, what I'm yeah, yeah. Right. That, right. But they so, don't they have the lowest margin of error for any team in the East. That is a contender. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, to me, if the NBA had its druthers and they were on truth serum, the final four they would want is a combination of Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Miami, and Milwaukee. Like that's what they'd want because that would be the ultimate like battle, basically. You know, but um it the whole thing, as we've talked about, is gonna be crazy. So I like the Philly match. I like the sorry the the Brooklyn matchup for Miami because it's it, it simplifies their switching stuff right and and they can put like those big like lengthy guys and you can kind of do what you can against Durant. The Philly matchup, I feel pretty good about. And I George, one of the the interesting things to me have been so in seasons past they would front Embiid and then they would send a lot of help and then they would rotate and then they would live with the result. That has not been the case this season. They've largely guarded him one-on-one. They send a little help sometimes late. They kind of mix in kind of when they come or, or not, like Spo teams, right? They just do, you know, they, they throw off their timing. But they've largely played that matchup straight up. And part of me wonders, 
is that just them saving stuff? I mean, that this, the game on Saturday, I think, is going to be really telling. Because Embiid is just – because I think they, he gets in a rhythm, and then he's hitting the one-leggers, and then you're just like, all right, this, this is over. I mean, look, he's the best player in the sport right now this year. Like, he's the MVP. I I, I mean, he would get my vote. Um, you know, Chad wants to know if, if, uh, if you're going to vote Vamp for Depoy, are you a Hollywood coward? Uh, I actually said that today on the low post that I think Bam needs to get more love for defensive player of the year. Yeah, actually, it, it would have been Draymond had he stayed more healthy. I just think he's missed too many games. And now, the Warriors so are good without Bam. him. Their defense, I think, is still like, not top really three. though. They're fourteen and ten though without. No, but like Bam. the deep, that but that's because of the offense. The defense, I think. Yeah, but their been... defense was good last year when all of those guys were hurt. So like, I get that, but the wins part of the equation oh, yeah, has been sure. way worse when he's not there. Um, Absolutely. And it, so I, I, I think Draymond. Would have been it. Uh, I'm not a Gobert guy. Like, I, he can't guard the perimeter, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get – he's great at what he does. Don't get me wrong. Um, like, he's and, – and Quinn has done everything he could to maximize that. Like, I think Quinn Schneider is actually a super underrated coach. Like, I think he's really damn Very good. Um, but – He has a well-oiled I, machine. It's He does. It's like – um. It's a monster. But he also I, I think like a Batman villain. But <laughs> <laughs> he does look like a Batman villain, um, a cartoon Batman villain yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, I think Tyler Hero. I mean, everyone knows he's going to be the sixth man of the year. That's fairly obvious at this point. I would vote Bam. To some George, you'd be surprised. Get out of here. Who would be? I mean, people, he's like people Kevin are pushing Love the, the Kevin one. Love. Uh, shout out to, shout out to Jackson Frank, friend of the show, really nice guy. Was God pushing dear. the Kevin Love, and Nick, listen, Nikias very sneakily was like, you know, I don't, I wouldn't discount that. No, you know I'm so sick. Of, I'll, I'll tell you this: the year has been a bucket getter off the bench for as long as I can remember. Like, why is it changing now? Now we're going to use advanced stats for the six men of the year. Now Kevin Love no passes per third for per per 100 possessions. I, I'm going to look it up right now. What the uh, what the odds are in Vegas? Uh, Tyler here was like minus 800 or something like that. It was ridiculous. That, that like, award's no, done. He's going to win. This is no zero chance he loses six man of the year, barring like a catastrophic injury like tomorrow. Do you think Spo gets coached the year? I think I think this is as no. good a chance as he's ever as he's had since the Dion year. No, I don't think so because that and I don't, he doesn't care as we all know. He um, needs to win it like, one time, George. He I mean, he technically it. tied with D'Antoni. He didn't win the actual award. He won like the writers' award. He won the coaches', um, the coaches award, award one year. Oh, the coaches' award. I'm sorry. Yeah. The writers went to D'Antoni, and the coaches' award tied with him and Dan, or the coaches tied yeah, with yeah, him yeah. and D'Antoni. Um, and so he's won that. I mean. That award goes to like the team that exceeded expectations, right? Like, so it's going to be like, Memphis. I don't know, Billy Donovan or JB Bickerstaff. And that's fine. Like, those guys can win it. Like, it doesn't matter. But I uh, th- just a, has it Miami. Right, uh, guys, real quick Goran Dragic is, uh, has 10 points against the Raptors right now. Revenge and Raptors game. Twitter is calling for uh, Goon Squad to <laughs> take his legs out. They hate him over there. They hate him. They huh? hate him. So it's funny. I was doing NBA today last week when he was traded. I was on the show where he was traded and we had a graphic behind us because we have this huge LED board that's like, I don't know, like 12 feet high and like, you know, like 20 feet across behind our desk. And it was a picture of him in a Raptor uniform. And I literally pointed behind him like, can we change it to like, I don't know, any other uniform, the heat, the suns? Like, I, I mean, he's never even played Yeah, like seriously. How'd they even get that picture? I mean... I mean, they clearly photoshopped it, <laughs> yeah. but like, whatever. You know what I mean? A so. rare sight. George, you know Gogi, nicest guy. I think he's the yeah. nicest player I've ever spoken. Him and Jay Rich, 
nicest guys I've ever spoken to in a locker room. And when Raptor, and you know, I'm honorary Raptors Twitter, and they hate yeah, him. Yeah. And I was like, don't don't say mean things about him. I love him. And they're like, you're with us or you're against us. It is so funny how all the Twitters like have their own like little code you have to break to like, like <laughs> understand them. I broke rank. Um, like, obviously, I deal with the Lakers a ton, and they are by far the largest. It's not even George close. Eric Holt. Like, it's, George Eric Holt. They're crazy. It's a lot. I don't know about that. I mean, they love their team, dude. Like, if you if you would have won 16 championships, you'd love your team the same way. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. You know, it's no different than, like, Yankee fans in baseball. They're insane, you know? But, like, it also is great, though. Like, like, that's what you want. You want an engaged fan base. It could be worse. The flip side where I live in L.A., it's the Clippers. There's, like, you know, a few people. Like, like, literally, like a gaggle of people. Or the Denver you know Nuggets. I mean? Like, they, they were showing Denver Nuggets local TV ratings, and it's, like, second to last above the Magic. Although the Denver Nuggets, like media guys, like the bloggers are really good. Like those guys know, like they're really good. Like the Denver Stiffs, I think is one blog. And then there's another one, DNVR, that's really good. Like those guys, like they actually do a good job covering the team. And Nuggets Twitter is just like a bunch of unwashed hikers um, that's (laughs) coming to my mentions. Anytime I talk about Yoko. That's mean. What's wrong with hiking, man? I go hiking almost every day. No, you don't look like those dudes. They all have, they're gross. They're wearing you know brown like New Balances. Who's been, who's been hiking have, for a month right they now? Have vests with fish hooks in them. It's just, <laughs> have you yeah. been? To you them? know who looks like he's been hiking for a month for the last like six months? Aaron Rodgers. Oh god! Did yeah. you, I, George? Did you see he the tweet? I forgot. I forgot where he might have been accepting his MVP award or something. And he he just he looked funny. And someone goes, "He looks like he's on his way to a Triceratops tooth auction." <laughs> Absolutely that's fucking funny. killed me. That's funny. God, that's funny. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. What else? What else? What so else no, Chad. By the way, what is this purple light in the background? What is that? My light. That's I. I put little cabinet lights on my on my thing, and I have like vice. I have a I have a live sign. It's like you know vice. No, colors. no, no. What 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 is on the cabinet? That's, oh, that's, that's my. Uh, really those want. are my. So those are my sound euphonium Blu-rays on the right. Uh, we have uh, Fate Stay Night Heaven's Feel at the top. Carno Kyokai. Rev you starlight under that, you know, just, just are those like anime things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you see how many you had to say so much shit for George no, to yeah, figure out what you were talking about? Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> You're like my yoke yaka yaka, <laughs> and George is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> somebody said, uh, somebody I said, didn't know what language you were speaking in <laughs> Japanese? Like, what is that? Somebody um, in chat I mean, earlier said that you, I'm broadcasting anime. How is that anime podcast going? It's going well. I, I have a YouTube channel as well. It's Do been people a watch dormant. that thing? Huh? Do people watch that? It does. It actually has more subscribers than Heatbeat, I think, which is funny. <laughs> and how long have you... That's pretty funny. Alf, Alf, Alf once said, now? incels need things to do as well. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They don't like basketball. So, like, like when you, like, you had, like, a well, didn't you have, like, a separate Twitter for anime? Or no? I do have a separate Twitter for anime, yeah. Yeah. I do, because thank I got God bullied I off of it. Because I would just thank God it. I don't. Thank God I don't follow that one. I mean, no, that was sad. The regular one is enough. They hate my takes over there, too. Like, they think that my takes are awful. They, they just say, just stick to sports. I swear. <laughs> and we tell them to stick <laughs> yeah, to anime, yeah, so. Stick to anime. <laughs> Uh, earlier, earlier, somebody in chat said that uh, you guys have sports memorabilia in your background, and I'm broadcasting from a Hello Kitty museum. Yeah. <laughs> Is that an yeah, Emmy? You are. I have an Emmy. Yes, right. Yeah, there. you have. Right. I have Blu-rays. Oh, nice. so we're clearly not the same. Chad also wanted me to ask you, uh, why did you steal your seventh number? Nikaya said that we actually he stole it from me. He stole it from me. Is I gave him seventy-seven. So the story on that is um, in 2013 when I got the job at ESPN. Uh, the Heat, uh, Pat and, and and Mickey and the whole, you know, Spo and Tim and everybody trust. there, they sent me uh, as a gift. They sent that to me. And there's an inscription at the bottom uh, that says, always a member. Uh, Congratulations. Great luck. Good luck at ESPN. Uh, oh, uh, once a member of the Heat family, always a member uh, of the Heat family. And it was very nice. And they sent a nice note. Uh, it was it was very nice. Um, so I, uh, I have it. So, yes, yeah, 77 was the year I was born. Um, so I found it hilarious when Yurtsevin um had the number and what are the yeah, odds i always tell people i gave him that number i get he paid me off so he can he can use <laughs> at least the jerseys of he because i see lakers pictures back there well you you talking to oh well there's pictures look uh hold on i'm trying to point the right way is it this way hold on let me what's about the mention that's up here yeah, yeah. up here's that was also when your seven was born as well so. me and Dwayne doing a sit down right there oh, okay um i if i go hold on this way is it this one no this way um uh, there's me and Dwayne somewhere else right there yeah right there but next to the lamp mm, it's me and yeah. Dwayne at his last game at Staples um there's a, there's Giannis right there uh there's AD they're just the LeBron and AD just happen to be lower and the yellow just sticks out uh yeah the yellow the purple and yellow uh the, purple the and yellow, gold yeah, purple, uh, as they excuse, call it uh tends me. to stick out but yeah the um but there's Dwayne there twice in uh, in very close proximity. Chad says you built the shrine of yourself. <laughs> Actually, I did. So it's so funny. I am not a picture person at all. It's why I suck at Instagram. But my wife's like, um, so when I do these games, the league sends me these pictures, right? Like, and they, because um, they'll take pictures of when I'm interviewing people, right? And post them on their own social media. And my wife's like, you have all these pictures. Like, this room is like super bleh. Like, it's just like, like, there's nothing on it. It's just a name. And I was like. She's like, look, there's these things, these mixed tiles. Why don't you buy that? It's super easy. They'll sh- you send them the pictures. They'll ship it back. So that's what I decided to do. Because she's like, you do something cool for a living. You may or may not do it forever. Um, so you might as well chronicle a cool part of your life. And I uh, was like, hey, you know what? That's a good idea. What the hell? Why Alpha, not? Alpha, do the and- same with you. But except you see no, the story of but- Kelly Olenek. Because that's, I, I have. The, the, <laughs> well, if you guys want to hear the story behind my jerseys, as I just got too fat to wear all of them. And you had to just um, hang them up. So right. I just had to put them up. The band ones, that was a gift from Casey Bannerman. Well, the band one is a, was a gift, yeah. But the rest of them, I just got too fat. Yeah. So 
Listen, so also, yeah, I'm that's just, it. It was my, it was my wife who, just basically, who basically said, you do something cool for a living. Why don't you, you know, like document it some more. So it's funny. I've got that on this side. And then in front of me, because I usually do the uh, my radio show from home. Um, and then I'll do like, you know, sometimes like Sports Center stuff from here as opposed to like having to drive over there. And then in front of me, in the wall in front of me is all like family stuff. Like the my wife, the kids, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sisters, like all Not that Not as stuff. exciting like, as friends, there's a There's the Levitard wedding photo. Uh, that I have put out on social media in the past from Dan's wedding. There's a, all those pictures are here in front of me. So I get to see them. I don't care about seeing myself doing interviews with players. So I leave those behind me. Chat said, Hawk has uh, that photo with him photoshopped into it. I don't know if you know that. Who's that? <laughs> he said, Hawk. I said that? Hawk. Hawk has a photo with him photoshopped into it. At Dan's wedding? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's actually That's funny. Real inside. Super inside. Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw when Mike Ryan... Um, announced that he was taking another position with yes. Metal Lark and not the executive producer that Hawk wrote. He I'm did back. the I'm coming home thing. Yes, yes. That's that funny. I, I asked, uh, I, I, I got to tell you, I was excited. Um, chat was, uh, by the way, thank you guys in Twitch chat. You guys have been amazing all season. And you got us to our sub goal for the month, which means next Hangover Time, Alpha singing Pepas live with the musical accompaniment. Alpha, you excited? Have you yeah. practiced? No. No. Do you know the words? There's Peppas in there. George, do you nice. know Peppas? Are you familiar with the Peppas? I mean, I know the song, but I, I don't know the words, you know. I know but do you know the, what the, the heat do? The, the heat are like playing Yeah, peppas. when they're blowing somebody out. And when, or, when it, when, or when they're basically the other team is waving the white flag, they play the song, yes. It's incredible. It's it's the best thing I mean, that they've been do you, doing. I watch the games. You can hear it. I don't know if you realize that. <laughs> listen, you're, you're in L.A. I don't, I, don't, you know, I, don't, I don't know what life's like over there. Before we let George go, can we can we talk about the Lakers a little bit? Because I – Oh, please. Sure. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, what the hell is going on over there? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, if DJ Augustin the savior, like what's happening? We, we could we can talk about it for a few minutes if you want. So basically, I mean, I'm going to take you back. This is going to sound ridiculous now. Um, but wait. the logic from everyone involved, which, by the way, I do feel like the Lakers did Bron a little dirty, like where they were like kind of like, hey, LeBron wanted all this to happen. You know what I mean? Like. Like they, t like him and Rich Paul tied Rob Palink up to a chair and put a cell phone to his ear to call, uh, you know, Tommy Shepard in Washington to make the deal. Like it's ridiculous. Like they didn't all agree to it. Like yeah, okay, let's do it. Um, that their theory was because the options were clearly there was a Buddy Heel trade in place for Kuzma, I believe, if I recall correctly, um, which would have helped. You know, Bron with a great shooter. We know that 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, but Buddy's not like a defender, you know, like he's just, mm. he's a shooter. Like he's a great volume shooter, but that's it. Um, and then the other deal they had that, that Bron, the other guy Bron wanted was DeRozan, but the Lakers didn't want to go a third year, which is why he took the three years in Chicago. Um, and you probably could, you probably could have questioned that fit early on too, but I, I, you know, I've talked about this on my radio show. Um, you know, I, I just, I, at the time, I remember discussing and saying, I, you know, I like the DeRozan fit better because I just don't know if Russ is going to be able to acquiesce to the way that you need to play to play with LeBron. So, um, and I feel like DeRozan is more of a chameleon that way, right? Like, he can play with almost anybody. Like, yeah. I don't think that that's a huge issue. Um, you know, and everyone always was like, well, the, you know, only in the mid-range. But really, outside of Anthony Davis, there's not really another player on the Lakers that likes to shoot in the mid-range anyway, you know? So, it, it's it's fine. Um 
And they didn't want to do that because they, the Lakers wanted to preserve cap space for 23 when LeBron's a free agent and they can kind of redo the team or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So they decided to go with Russ. And the logic was, well, they we're going to recreate the big three in Miami. And my initial response to that <laughs> was, Laughter. and I, I was having a private conversation with someone and, and, you know, which I've talked about, so I'm not mentioning who it was, but I had a conversation with somebody about this, someone that was, tangentially involved let's just call it they weren't directly involved and when they said that to me i was like wait but but russ isn't as good as Dwayne. like there's that um maybe he's more athletic at this stage but he's certainly not the defender that Dwayne was even at that stage like Dwayne was still a much better defender and Dwayne had shown you right like uh, uh, you know that glimpses of you know, he could be a great cutter to the basket and play off the ball a little bit. You know what I mean? Like Russ has never shown a propensity to be able to mesh with someone um, when they have the ball in their hands um, and be efficient doing it. Right. Like it's why KD left. And so like for all the crap KD takes, he saw this coming a mile away. You know what I mean? Like, you know, years ago, it's why he left the golden state. So anyway, so that was my first thing. And then they were, you know, the, the notion was, well, you know, Anthony Davis is like a better version of Chris Bosh. And I'm like, right, but Anthony Davis isn't available as much as Chris <laughs> Bosh was available back then. Like, that's not a small thing either. Um, and, but yes, I mean, clearly he's a, a more talented basketball player because he's a freak of nature athletically. Um, you know, and I, and I did say, and but he's not the shooter that, that Chris was either. Like, you know, Chris was a money shooter, particularly in the mid-range. Um, whereas Anthony has struggled in the mid range and he's been streaky on, on threes or whatever. Only in the bubble. I mean, the bubble was right. 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 Which was the perfect scenario for him. Right. Like just, he could only focus on basketball and it was good and, and right. It worked out. Um, so I had my issues with it, but I got, somehow I got sold on it. Right. Like, well, I guess, you know, whatever. And my theory on it was this, yo, LeBron can play with anybody. Like outside of Isaiah Thomas, you know what I mean? Like, like that. Other than that ridiculous experiment after Kyrie got traded with Isaiah Thomas, where they shipped him out, you know, a month or two later or whatever it was. Or, um, and we, I remember, like, <laughs> do you remember like LeBron hit like a game winner in Cleveland when Isaiah Thomas was there? Do you remember this? And like he went and jumped in the arms of everyone, particularly Jetty Osmond, and like ran right past Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> and I was like. Oh, he's getting traded for sure. Yeah. Like that, that is like so obvious. So I, I thought, yeah, like Russ can make it work. Like Russ is older now. He's got to get it. But no, it didn't work. He didn't get it. And um, <laughs> it's been the worst possible fit. I don't, I didn't, I never thought I I would say to myself that a, a star player, it, you know, at least coming into it, he's not a star anymore now, obviously, but a star player, a top 75 player of all time could not play with LeBron James. I, I would no way in my wildest dream. Worst case scenario, like every basketball nerd, you know, we kind of put up our glasses and we say everything wrong with spacing and how all the, all the, no, no, but Johnny, it's, Johnny, it's, it's Johnny, been that. Johnny, I get it, but nobody thought they'd be the 10 seed. Like, no, no, get no, out no. Here no I thought they'd What, what I'm saying is that like ridiculous really? basketball. No, doomer. And it wasn't, it's for me, it wasn't just a rust thing. Like, the Russ thing, I never thought it was going to work out. Fine, you think you have this big three. Anthony Davis isn't going to be able to play the whole season. Bron is not the same LeBron that can carry Mo Williams to the, the, to the NBA Finals. All-Star and also, the league, is, the league is just better. Like, just 
All-Star Mo Williams. And then it wasn't even that. All right, fine. You, 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 it was what you gave up for Russell Westbrook. Yes. Like you, you gave, gave up all your depth. All a your bunch depth of guys good NBA players and you replaced them with yeah. old NBA players and yeah. NBA players who are so one dimensional, they don't yeah. fit anywhere else. Too many like, specialists. Yes. You, Way too these many guys were getting kicked off of other teams left and right, but all of a sudden, Malik Monk's the savior. Right, you know Avery Bradley, uh, like I said last night on my show, bagging groceries, and he's in the starting lineup. Trevor Ariza, we didn't want him anywhere too near many the former Heat. Heat players from last year. Oh my, former Heat players that were on a bad Heat team that we hated last year, and they right. brought him over to the Lakers, and everybody's like, Kendrick Nunn is going to save the day. And I just, yeah, I, I know. when when I saw what they put around those guys, I said, it, Carmelo, Dwight Howard, DeAndre, like. Maybe in 2012, this is a really great team, but it's 2022. Like, right. no, the construction I, I, was awful. Yeah, I was never a fan of what they built around those three guys. But I, I wasn't big on the three, and then I was kind of convinced. Like, well, let's see what it looks like, right? Like, and I'm not even joking, dude. Eight games into the season, okay? I went on my radio show and started the show saying, I have made a huge mistake here, Okay. <laughs> Like, you don't hear me a lot say I've made a monster mistake. I have made a huge mistake here. And I, it's funny. People are calling, you're an alarmist. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm just like, every day, I just kept repeating, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. This is not going to work. Uh, because that's me, dude. I, For better or worse, right? Like, I, I'm generally someone that, you know, I'm not a hot take artist. But, I, you know, I can have a strong opinion about it. I didn't have a super strong opinion about it. But I felt like, yeah, look, individually, those three guys are still good. I didn't think Russ's drop would be this precipitous. Like, yeah, I didn't think it would be that. Um, so that's where I where I really erred. And, yeah, I mean, LeBron is 37 years old. He needs help now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's be real. They've but also had improvement at a THT. Like, he hasn't. I think that was the other part of it. Yeah, there's, there's been, thought, if anything, yeah. a little bit of a regression, I feel like, this season. Yeah. You know? And, um, and he's someone that I think can be a good player in this league. So – um, he's but, got tools. But, so the Kobe comparisons were overblown, though. <laughs> Kobe did who? <laughs> you don't remember the THT Anthony Davis Kobe Shaq comparisons? No, I yes. never heard anything like that. They why, were no. Lakers Twitter, Lakers Twitter was, was out there. No, they no, also I say Kendrick Nunn. Nobody that I interact with ever said that. No, no. But um, I think he's going to be a good player. I just think he, he here's what I, I mean. If, if I were, I mean, he's not in a position to ask for a trade. But if I, you know, his agent is Rich Paul. Like if I were Rich Paul, I'm, I'm, and I'm not, you know, he's way smarter than I am. Um, I'd probably be like, you know, can we get THT to a team where he can play more? You know, like because he needs to grow, right? Um, and I don't know play more on this here. team. Like what's that? On, how can he not play more on this Lakers team? Like Stanley um, Johnson came off the street and was starting. I know, I know. I well, he also got hurt. I don't think that helped. Um, the lack and of then shooting I is like, really tough. Yeah, and it's streaky for sure. Um, and he look, he's pretty good defend. He's a good defender actually. Um, and he he's actually not bad with the ball in his hands because he's got he can get to the basket and do stuff around the basket. But I think like Vogel may have lost trust in him um, because of the shooting being so streaky. And look, Frank's playing for his job, man. I ain't I ain't mad at Frank for you know doing anything he's been doing, right? Like Laker fans are crushing him. I'm like, what do you Dude, want him to do? 
Th- right. That's my question. What do you want him to do? He's played 29 different lineups. He's searching <laughs> for anything right now. You can't. And- there's no combination of trash is gonna is gonna work out. Like it's Whoa. just it's bad option after bad option. It's bad option it's like after bad option. Dwight yes. Howard sits. You got DeAndre Jordan. Trevor no. Reza sits. You got Stanley Johnson. Like. It's just bad options all over, up and down that roster. Yeah, and, and I've defended Frank a ton, and and He's and I've gotten coach. to know this him. Is not his fault. No, no not way, dude. The roster construction is the biggest issue of the. If we're doing like a blame pie, like his slice is way smaller than all the roster it's construction stuff. It's, it's yeah, it's, yeah. Well, or Palinka and LeBron and AD because those guys. I mean, Palinka makes no bones about it that he consults them on everything, basically. As so, he should. As he should. Sure, I agree. As you should. Um, but this is just a lost season for them. And they're going to have to kind of I get why they didn't excuse me, I almost burped. Um, I guess I get why the they professor. didn't um they didn't well, I was trying to hold it in because I've been drinking this carbonated drink. Um the uh I get why they didn't do anything at the deadline. Like John Wall, yeah, maybe you have incremental, like you're better slightly or incrementally, but you know, what you want to do is package those picks that you have, 27 and 29, which will probably be valuable. Um, and then try to use that to get off Russ to get more functional players, right? Like, I think that that is their best bet and just hope for health with AD and LeBron. And giving and up the Bronny better... pick? They could use that to take Bronny and can't get LeBron back for another year. <laughs> no. Um, Bronny, should... I, I've done Bronny games. Here's what I'll tell you about Bronny. Because uh, I did one game. He had one game on ESPN, too. And I saw him play um, as a freshman and a sophomore at their gym. And he's pretty good. Like, I mean, I'm not I – mean, he's 17 years old or whatever. I'm not – I don't know if he's an NBA yeah, player. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to know. He's definitely a college player, like a good Division One college player right now. Um, he – here's the thing about Bronny. He's smaller, obviously, than Bron. But he's now put on, like – like, he looks like a college player, like – would be built like muscle wise and muscle tone. Um, he's got a good shot. Like he's got a better shot at that age than Bron did. You know what I mean? Like, but he's not the physical specimen that LeBron was. Um, he's really smart with the ball and he plays defense. Like in, in a, like a, he's like really smart, like at anticipating. Um, he took a ton of charges in the game that I was uh, doing on ESPN two at Staples center. Um, he's going to be pretty good. I, I don't know if he's an NBA player. He's going to need to take another leap to be an NBA player, but that's that's possible. He's only 17 years old, and he hasn't grown into his body. But back just quickly with the Lakers to wrap it up, yeah. not Frank's fault. I, I mean, Laker fans bitch at me about it, his, the defense being like in the 20s or whatever. I'm like, bro, Frank Vogel historically has been a really good defensive coach. Like, that's he just to like, how to play defense. You know? The defense is bad, and it ain't Frank Vogel's fault. It's, it's okay. like hey, you- Kendrick Nunn's coming to save the day. According to them. Why do you do these things? Why, why do you do these Because that's what Laker fans say. We go in their spaces no, and we laugh at them. Nobody, nobody actually believes that. No, they, they, they no, George, it. George, boots on the ground, they do. We're, we, you know. Boots on the ground. Alf and I are the boots on, we're boots on the Twitter streets. They yeah. say, they. I mean, their best, their, their thing they say is that he is a really, really good defender. Yeah. And that's no, the funny not. shit. Nobody knows he, that. I mean, anyone that says that did <laughs> never watch them play. Like, he's. The, he, one of the worst defenders I've ever seen. He, he was not a good. Well, he's not big enough to be a good defender or like agile enough. He just dies. Nobody, nobody dies on a screen like that motherfucker. He is, he is the mosquito of the NBA. Like just dying on screens left and fucking right. Like he doesn't even try to get around the screen. Yeah, we'll soon. He just, 
hits he, he's a streaky he's a streaky scorer like he's a decent bench player like i'm not like i don't want to trash him like he's a decent bench option he'll, like he'll be fine he's, somewhere he's, he's not saving them he's not saving them. all right george yeah. to close out the show what are your what are your thoughts on the uh the sanctions on ukraine do you think i'm just kidding uh george <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much for coming on do you have anything do you want to plug on the way out Oh, yes, I do actually. I rarely do, but I am uh I'm I'm like super excited because Saturday I'm calling my first ever regular season NBA game Let's on go. radio for ESPN Radio with Tim Legler. I'm doing Warriors Lakers, which is the ABC game that Mike Green and that group usually call. Uh but the um uh, I want to do play by play. I started doing college football this year and clearly I wanted to do the NBA, so uh, they've given me a, a slate of games here to end the regular season, and the first one is then. Uh, and I get to work with Legs, which is pretty awesome, right? That's like, great. he's amazing. Um, nobody teaches the game, I think, better than him uh, at my place. So I'm super stoked to work with him. And so if you're, you know, near a radio um, and or, like, serious, and you can listen on ESPN Radio or in your local market or here in Miami, I don't think there's an ESPN affiliate in Miami. But you can listen on the app, on the ESPN app, too. Um, and you know, you can put it on your Bluetooth in your car or listen at home through your smart speaker or whatever. But if you want to, if you watch the game, you can have the sound on. I would have to, you probably have to pause it though, <laughs> to sync it up, uh, because the stream is behind of like a minute or yeah. two. Um, but I'll be calling the game and it's my first game. I've done summer league. I've done G league. Um, but they're allowing me to call my first ever NBA game. And I'm really, really, really excited. about it. It's great. When we heard you on summer league with uh, Dan Dockage. Yeah. Yes, you were right, remember. George. You were <laughs> yes, right. I was right. You were right. I, well, I tweeted at him when, I know, the, when I that, that list came out, and I said, "I think I won the argument." So. <laughs> shout out to George. Shout guy. out to everybody. Listen, I, I love when Miami's on the broad. Like when Mark Jones is talking about Eighth Street and the old Miami Arena. On the, I'm like, man, these are my people. Yo, Mark Jones and I love that. I, I, we always laugh. Like we'll do games together, or I'll see him the next time, and it's not a Miami game, like or whatever, but. I, and we just will howl about things he says. Um, he actually, what was this thing he guy. said a couple of weeks ago? He said, he was talking about some player who's playing really well and is up for like a contract. He's like, the price of brick has gone up. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, on national television? Like Mark Jones is out here wilding out. Like it's crazy. I love George, it. Mark Jones and Doris is like, for me, that's it. I, I want that. I, I Listen, Brina's the voice of the NBA, but when, when you he do is. a heat game, I just I you know if I can't watch Eric Reed I love I love Mark Jones and Doris that that's that's yeah I mean look he's, he lives in Broward County uh, although he's by coastal these days because you know he's been yeah, doing he the Sacramento the game. Kings game so he's he's got uh, places on the West Coast too but uh, and, and look DB's the she's the goat man oh, like yeah, she's the no, queen like, I mean come on like yeah I mean but to your point Mike Breen let me tell you something there look I work with a lot of nice people on those games I actually feel like. It's like a cool little family working on those games. Um, but like Mike Breen, when you want to talk about salt of the earth type people, okay? Like just an incredible human being. Like this dude, I'll never forget it. Like my first game was with him. It was him and Van Gundy, not Mark. Mark wasn't doing the game. And I knew him because he used to come on my radio show in, in Miami when LeBron was there a time. And he was just like, Hey man, excited to work with you. And I'm like, you're excited to work with me. Like, are we serious here? And like, he's like, if you know, we were working with like an old school producer back that day. And he's like, you know, such and such is a little old school. So sometimes he may not go to the reporter uh, as often as, as maybe we would want. So it's like, 
if he gives you any stuff, just text me and I'll, I'll work it in. I'll work you in too. And I was like, are we serious here? Like, <laughs> this is incredible. Like just such a nice dude. I'll give you another quick example. He looks I did a game with him the night before Levitard's wedding. Um, it was golden state, Boston. And this was the year Steph was out and clay was out. It was just Draymond. And, um, I'm sitting there courtside and it was like the third quarter and Draymond is getting subbed out and it's a tight game with him and uh, with the boss, Boston Celtics and, and the Warriors at Chase Center. And Steve Kerr like grabs Draymond is like embracing him and like talking to him. And, and I, I he like pat him on the back and he's like kind of giving him like a pep talk or something, whatever it was. And I um, I noticed it. Right. So at the end of the third quarter, I was supposed to interview Kerr. And I, before we went on, because we taped those things, spoiler alert. Um, and in the Ooh, in the so you're not on the court while they start playing the third no, quarter. No, no, we're not. Yes, clearly. I mean, if you're smart, you figured okay. that out. But the, uh, uh, but yes, we are. We are. We tape them as soon as we go to break. Um, and and so I'm, I asked Kerr before we hit before we taped. I said, Hey, I saw you talking to Draymond. Do you mind if I ask you what that's all about? Um, he said, yeah, sure, no problem. And then I asked him, and he just told me, look, I just want to tell him it's been a tough season already. And this is like November. And he's like, <laughs> and I just want to tell him how much I appreciate his leadership and love him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it was like, a, like, you know, look, I do a lot of those interviews. I feel like I try my best to get like a real answer out of these guys. And it's hard because a lot of times some moment. guys yeah. won't give it to you. Right. It's not that the reporters don't try. It's just that there's just they're not willing participants all the time. Um, although the coaches I generally work with do a pretty good job for me. Um, and Kerr gave me this great answer. Right. And I get back to my to my position and I have a text from Mike Breen because he can clearly see and watch while we're taping it. And it says, George, you are so good at this great job. He's with so Kerr. nice. He's the nicest person ever, man. So um, I, I Jonesy's my guy. Dor's my guy. But Mike Breen is the voice of the NBA. Oh, no, sure. no question. Mike Breen's the voice, and it's 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 yes. really nice that he does all you know the finals and all that good He's stuff. He's like, yes. So if it, if you, not only is he great at his job, and Bang is one of the greatest calls ever, um, <laughs> just know that while you're watching one of the greatest call uh, the sport, that he's also a terrific human being. Nick fans don't deserve him. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.